know, my folks always had music playing. Uh, you know, every memory that I have, music was always there, you know. And I started playing guitar when I was 10, and, you know, here we are years later, and I'm doing media, so. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's very, very lucky to, you know, have had parents and, and you know, uh, very supportive and, and definitely, uh, you know, allowed me to, to discover the, the love for the instrument on my own instead of, uh, you know, uh, trying to live vicariously through, through you know, their, their kid uh, that, you know, that has an interest in something and, and a talent. So uh, very lucky in, in that aspect. The time I was three, I was playing the full kit. And um, and then around that time, you know, my dad would invite some of his musician buddies from around town uh, to come jam with me just so I get, you know, some experience playing with other people. And then, you know, by the time I was five, I was, uh, you know, playing cover gigs professionally around the town. Anyone can look through YouTube and find tons of videos of little guys and girls, you know, playing guitar and drums and, and whatnot. But, I mean, how did it become that at eight years old, you're recording an album with Corky Lang, Mountain. I mean, you know, that doesn't happen to everybody. Well, uh, you know, my, my dad is a, is a salesman. He's a very natural talker and builds relationships. And, um, you know, uh, when, he, when his, he was still playing, his band used to tour with Ace Fraley uh, a lot. And, um, you know, so him and Ace and Ace's guitar player, Richie Scarlett, became, uh, you know, really close friends. And, and so much so that when I was born, uh, you know, my dad made uh, Richie my godfather. Oh, very so, cool, man. Very cool. So, um, you know, when Ace rejoined Kiss in 96, I believe, um, he, uh, and Richie started playing with Mountain and, um, playing bass for Mountain. And, uh, you know, I was, I was always a big fan and loved Corky and loved the tunes. And, you know, when I was starting to do those cover gigs when I was five, uh, Miss, uh, Nantucket Sleigh Ride was one of the, uh, songs that, you know, I always played. Okay. And, um, you know, my dad, um, video, uh, took some video of me playing. Um, Nantucket Sleigh Ride and, and sent it to Richie, who then sent it to Corky. And, uh, you know, Corky called my dad and was like, you know, look, I'd love to work with this kid. And, um, so, you know, he was living in Toronto at the time, so he would drive back and forth, um, from Toronto to Detroit. And we'd sit in the studio for, you know, hours on end and, um, you know, just woodshed, you know, and two drum kits. And, and, you know, he really mentored me from the time I was seven to about ten. And, you know, at that same time, we were, you know, start working on a, a little bit of a record, you know. Basically, the, the, the reason for the record was just so, you know, Corky can mentor me, you know, through a recording session. Okay. And, uh, you know, that was really the, 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 the main driver of why I even did that, you know, solo project. Because, you know, I've never really had any aspirations to, to be a solo musician or, you know, have my own project. Because I've always loved being the, you know, hired gun type musician. Okay, so, makes sense, yeah. So, you know, that was, um, that was, you know, basically an excuse to, to get in the studio and, you know, have Corky mentor me through a session. That's awesome, man. At what point did you understand the legend of Corky and, and his work with Mal? And I mean, at age 8 to 10, you know, I don't think you probably understood that, but, you know, I'm sure years down the road, it's like, man, you know, these guys were awesome. Well, you know, I, I, I again, I, you know, I always looked up to Corky and was a big fan of his before I even worked with him, you know, um, so it, it, it really helped, and, and, you know, being around the whole mountain camp, Leslie West and Corky, you know, they really took me under the wing, and, and of course, Richie, you know, um, so it was, uh, it was a great experience growing up and, you know, being around those guys. That's amazing, man, and I had read that you also spent some time with Anton Fig mentoring you and Anton's one of them guys that you know he can just he can, he can play anything musically any kind of style oh absolutely you know um, and actually the, the, the time that uh, I was with him was actually in a, a recording session in, um, in at Millbrook Recording Studios in New York uh, playing on a track for Richie um, 
one of his solo records. And um, I think it was 10 at the time. And uh, me and my dad flew out to New York, uh, you know, like a day early before I was to cut my track that I was playing on it. And uh, that night, Anton was going to be coming and, and doing uh, two tracks of his own. So, uh, you know, I, I got to, to sound check and set up, you know, Anton's kit and play around with it. And then, um, you know, he shows up. And, uh, you know, he sits down, listens to both songs that he's going to play and record for the first time, listens to them maybe once or maybe even twice. And he charts them out and he, you know, as he's charting it, he, you know, he calls me over and he's like, here, you know, check this out. And he shows me how he charts his music. Wow. And, uh, you know, just, just, to, that was really a t the big turning point in my career and my life is when I, you know, sat there in a studio and just seen him walk in off the street basically and, and, and sit down and, you know, flawlessly cut two tracks in one or two takes that he'd never heard before. And to have him, you know, spend the time with you breaking it down and, and, you know, this is how we do it. I mean, that's invaluable, man. Absolutely. And, you know, it was just a, just one of those uh, highlight moments in, in my development as a musician. You've been with Ted Nugent for a while. How long have you been touring with Ted? Uh, just finished up my uh, third tour. Uh, so I've been with him for three years. And, uh, you know, every moment's just been fantastic. I mean, being able to share the stage with, you know, such a you know, rock icon and, and in my opinion, one of the greatest guitar players that I've ever lived is just, uh, you know, absolutely incredible. And possibly one of the tallest. <laughs> I yeah, mean, you know, most, exactly. most musicians that I meet are, are 5'8 to 5'11. You know, Ted's a, Ted's a tall guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think, I think he's 6'3, because I'm 6'1. I think he's 6'3, 6'4, something like that. He's, he's Amazon. <laughs> Ted's one of my favorites musically. I mean, you know, he has so many songs that, um, you know, from a guitar standpoint, just just have such a, a, a cool melody and just kick ass. I mean, from a drummer's perspective, what songs are fun for you to play? Um, you know, honestly, all of them, because they're all they're all different. They all kind of have this its own style and, and uniqueness to them. You know, um, you know, you, you look at Stranglehold, you know, which is which is relatively it's the same beat for nine minutes. You know, but being able to, to, to play such an iconic song like that is just, you know, I, I pinch myself every single night on stage like, holy, holy crap, you know, I'm actually playing it with the guy that wrote it. You got the best seat in the house. Absolutely, you know. <laughs> you know? And, you know, what's, what's funny about playing with Ted is, you know, and actually what, what makes the job, you know, even more great is it's, it's, it's a very, very on the cuff type situation in terms of we improvise, you know, a lot of, uh, jam sessions in, in, on stage, you know, and the set list relatively gets changed minor every single night, you know, and like, you know, this year <laughs> we were, I don't even know where we were and he, uh, we were playing in the middle of the show. He calls out a song that, you know, we hadn't played in over a year. You know, so it's it's like, you know, he expects us to, to be on our A, a game and, and, and really know, know his catalog so that, you know, you never know what song he's going to pull out at any time. That's amazing, man. And I have to assume off stage he's he's a pretty pretty cool guy. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the whole Nugent family has is, is, is really embraced me as their family and then just been absolutely phenomenal in the whole uh whole thing in the last three years and, and you know just some of the most down-to-earth most generous people you ever meet have you gone out on any hunting or fishing expeditions with him i know he's a big outdoorsman i haven't but uh when when him and i were on the uh on our flight back uh finishing the tour we, we were talking about going hunting in uh, october because i've never hunted in my life very cool and uh you know it's, it's funny my first rehearsal with um with ted Myself, nor my drum tech, Randy, had ever shot a gun before. 
So uh, we kind of halted everything in rehearsal, and we went out to the shooting range on his uh, property, and you know, shot shot a couple guns, and you know, so I'm very very uh, green when it comes to that whole thing. I know that you also toured, or at least performed, I'm assuming live with Joe Lynn Turner. When you're touring with these guys, do you try to get a feel for how things were back in the day, or are you just concentrating on what you're doing now, um, what they have on going on now? That's absolutely, you know, um, you know, with, with Ted, it's, it's basically a full-time gig, even though it's a part-time job, because we only work a certain amount of times a year. You know, when I play with, uh, with Joe, it's a fill-in situation. But um, I've, I've done two uh, separate run of dates with him over the last two years. Nice. And, uh, you know, when, when we've gone out, it's, uh, it, it's funny because Joe has musicians all across the world. So when he's in a certain part of, you know, the world, he, he selects these musicians to, you know, do with him. So I'm like his uh, unofficial uh, Midwest drummer. All right. If you will. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> so, so, like, you know, Detroit, Chicago, St. Louis. Uh, Indianapolis, that whole region, you know, I do all those dates. And, um, you know, when, when, since, since, you know, I'm from Detroit and just to save costs, I actually end up driving my, my truck so that I can, you know, actually use my gear instead of backline gear at these venues. And, uh, when we do that, Joe actually ends up driving with me. So, you know, I get to, you know, being able to sit and, you know, just bullshit with the guy for hours and hear Richie Blackmore stories and, and, uh, you know, a bunch of stories from his career is just uh, really, really cool. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, that's got to be awesome. I mean, you know, big guy with Rainbow and Deep Purple. I mean, and, of course, his solo career. I mean, you know, I think people forget about, you know, the number of albums that this guy's put out. You know, it's it just tremendous. Oh, absolutely. Talk to me, Jason, about your work with Prudential Music Group and, like, the business side of what you have going on with the music industry. Well, you know, I, uh, I, I've been working um, towards my bachelor's degree in music business at uh, Berkeley College of Music um, the last uh, two years, about halfway done. And then I, eventually, once I'm done with that, I'll go towards my master's in music business. And, um, you know, I had worked with Prudential Music Group as a, uh, as a touring musician for various bands of theirs uh, for a number of years. And, uh, you know, the, the label had been kind of defunct. There were, no one was running it and it was just kind of just sitting there, but they had a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of albums that are getting distributed through the, through the company. And, um, maybe a couple months into my, uh, degree, you know, they kind of came to me and, and, and was like, you know, hey, uh, you know, do you want to kind of, take over and just administer the releases and just kind of keep, you know, keep an eye on it because they, at that point, weren't really, uh, you know, the, the financial partners weren't really, you know, in, really interested in kind of investing a lot of money back into the business because they've lost a lot, and you know, uh, over the years and obviously in this age, day and age, you know, a lot of, not a lot of revenues get generated. Yeah, it happens, sure. So, so, you know, it came on to where I was just going to admin the, the company, and then if I had any ideas, you know, then, you know, it was always on the table to discuss them, and, you know. But, uh, what it ended up becoming is, you know, what was just Prudential Records, one single record label, since I've came along, has become now two record labels and a publishing company, which, you know, in turn became Prudential Music Group, and, uh, which houses Prudential Records, um, Rouge Records, which is our uh, vinyl brand label, which we, uh, do work very closely with Jack White's new pressing facility in Detroit and then uh, Prudential Publishing, which houses the publishing catalog for Prudential Records and Rouge Records. Yeah, holy so, cow. Um, so, you know, being able to um, to now control and be partners in, in, in this company and, and, you know, the ability to 
to do a lot of things while I'm in school currently, you know, it's really, really great because, you know, I'm able to use real life situations in my homework. It, you know, it sounds funny, but it, it, basically I'm killing two birds with one stone in a lot of situations. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a hands-on experience, you know. <laughs> I know that you're available for drumming lessons and, and you know, sessions and touring. Uh, how do people, you know, get in contact with you? Well, you know, I'm, uh, you can pretty much find me on, you know, jasonheartless.com as well as all the fun social media stuff out there, um, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, all that fun stuff. And, uh, you know, I try to keep uh, pretty, pretty, pretty accessible and, and uh, even though I'm a millennial, I'm not very hip with the social media, but I try it as much as I can to... <laughs> yeah, I think to, that's to a good thing. <laughs> be as active as possible. Yeah. So what's the rest of the year got in store for you? Well, you know, we, uh, with Ted, we just finished up um, the, uh, the the brand new record that's going to be coming out uh, sometime in the fall-ish um, called The Music Made Me Do It, which uh, we tracked earlier this year. And, uh, you know, I got to say, I'm, I'm extremely, extremely excited, uh, you know, for kind of hear everybody's reaction on this record because it was uh it was recorded very old school style um you know we were slotted about two weeks to go down to waco beginning of the year and uh you know record this thing all new original material and um we got down there and you know we had two days to sit in the room and just kind of woodshed the tunes learn them learn our parts and then the rest we were going to record it now the the initial plan was to you know, sit down, cut the tracks live with drums, bass, and Ted playing a rhythm guitar, you know, all sit in a room together, you know, get that nice, really nice live vibe. Yeah, sure. And then, and then, you know, track one song and then finish the rest of the song that day. But what ended up happening is, is we sat down to record one song and then we ended up recording the entire record in five hours. No kidding. So almost like a live concert type uh, feel. Yeah, and then, wow. you know, and then, and then, and then the, the, you know, the, the rest of the time that we were down there, you know, was really, really great because usually in a studio situation, you're, you're super, you know, under pressure to, to get it done. And, 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 uh, you know, now that we got the, the bulk of the, the tracks done, you know, now we're able to kind of for the next week and a half, you know, kind of sit back and soak in the tunes and, and, um, you know, experiment and try different things, which normally you're not able to do in, in, in a you know in a modern studio situation. So, yeah. um, you know, it turned into something that was really really cool, and, and again, capture that old school vibe because on top of how we recorded it, it was you know very old school, but really you know even Ted had said himself that you know these tunes that we just captured something that you know very much mirrored. Um, you know, the two is, is all of his iconic riffs, which is, uh, which is great. And, you know, I'm super, super excited to hear, uh, everybody's reaction on the record. And I'll tell you what, it's just so cool to, to know that you guys did it together. You know, like, you know, someone didn't record a drum beat and email it to this one or Dropbox it to this guy or, you know, whatever. You guys were all in the same room and did it old school and just pounded it out. I mean, I, I can't wait to hear it. Oh, you know, yeah, exactly. I mean, and, 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 you know, even though we were playing to a metronome live, and, uh, but we were still tracked it live, and, and it's funny because there's, I don't remember which song it was, it actually might have been the, the title track of the record, Music Made Me Do It. Um, towards the end of the song, there's this, you know, big, like, who, you know, crazy, you know, ending with, you know, everybody going nuts, and, and uh, you know, we're always keeping an eye on Ted, because, you know, he's the one that's basically controlling the ship, and, um, you know, we, we ended up you know, kind of together ended up adding a bar of six in there. So what normally would have, would have, uh, if you were just tracking individually, wouldn't have worked. You know, we got this really live organic feel because now it's, it's super on the cuff and it's very live and, 
And, uh, yeah, you know, moments like that can't be captured, um, you know, individually tracking. Yeah. Uh, so you guys will be hitting the road later this year or not till next year or what? No, we probably uh, we won't be out uh, probably till next summer. So, but the record, uh, and it, I, I believe um, there's going to be a DVD included with the record from uh, 2017. So. Wow. All right, man. We'll, we'll keep an eye out for it. I can't wait to hear it, and hopefully I'll see you around the Philadelphia area maybe next summer. Yeah, appreciate talking. Right on, Jason. Be good, man. Good luck to you. Thanks so much. Thanks, Cheers. brother. Bye bye.